Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Back after having been on Evan duty for the last couple of weeks. So for any Liverpool fans who are thinking that things haven't been so great for the Reds, then they ought to go and watch Everton for a bit. Uh, joining me today is our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, Jane Spears. Hiya, Jay. Hello, Ian. And also with me, LFC editor, Andrew Kelly. Hi, Ian. Thanks, Andy. Uh, now, all three of us were at Liverpool against Maribor last night uh, in the Champions League. Ended up being another routine 3-0 win for Liverpool with a missed penalty after a goalless first half, which was very similar, in fact it was identical, to the game against Huddersfield, James. It certainly was. Um, you know, the first half was a real, real struggle. Um, you know, I think, I think it, was, it was always going to be, you know, I think Andy referred to it in his stuff as almost like a no-win for Liverpool because you know, if they put six or seven past them, everyone would have gone, well, we expected that because of what happened in Slovenia. Um, but I, I don't think that was ever really realistic because um, I think Maribor clearly aren't as bad as um, as they showed in the in the in the first game. Are you absolutely sure about that? No, but I thought they were the worst team I'd ever seen. Yeah, well, no, in the ridiculously Champions limited, but they weren't. They're not a shambles in terms of organisation, which they were in the first game in Slovenia. I think, when haven't they won? The, I mean, Slovenian football isn't at a very high level, is it? But no. I think they've won. They've won the vast majority of the titles there in the last ten years, yeah. haven't yeah. they? So they, they, which would suggest and, they were better. They, and they should beat, be better than what they showed in the two they, games against Liverpool. And they, and they let in very few goals. I think yeah. you know it's like they let in four in ten home games this season. So it's not. I think they were horrendous in that first game in Slovenia, where Liverpool just flew at them, and I think they they just absolutely fell to pieces that night. I think the big difference this time around work was that they were much more resolute, a lot more, a lot more negative as well. In you know they showed absolutely. Zero ambition, um, eleven men behind the ball from the start. But you know, as we've seen, it doesn't matter what kind of level you play at. When a team sets up like that, it it can be difficult to find a way through. And yeah, the first half was pretty painful viewing. But then once the first goal goes in, um, just like against Huddersfield on the weekend, it was it was completely different. Andy, do you feel as though perhaps Liverpool beat Maribor by too many in the first game? <laughs> by by oh. this by this I mean that clearly, as James said, they were so negative Anfield that they just clearly thought. We do not want to get beat seven nil here. We don't want to be embarrassed again. You know, even you saw that the manager was like in the press conference afterwards. He was like two or three. He's like, oh. yeah. Well, I mean, possibly in the context of entertainment for those of us who are there and those of us who paid hard money to go. Um, yes, but in terms of Liverpool winning the game, then my general view is that those teams that come to park the bus, uh, if for want of a better phrase. I mean, Christian Walls took a brilliant picture, which I think he's put on our Facebook page, of of uh, the Liverpool half, which has just got Loris Carrius looking very lonely in it and literally not another player. And as Jim says, whatever level of football you're at, if you can imagine your Tuesday night five-a-side game and somebody goes, OK, we're only going to play in this half of the pitch now, it's going to be incredibly difficult to find ways of scoring a goal in that situation. And it was incredibly difficult for Liverpool. So... Um, listen, when you break records and an English record as well as a Liverpool record in terms of an away win, it's always to be um, to be enjoyed. The disappointment was, of course, they then followed that up with with Wembley, didn't they? But um, it was tough. It was it was tough first half. It was tough against Huddersfield, and I think where we've been lucky is that second half, the opening goal has come quite quickly, hasn't it? Yeah. It hasn't got to the stage where you're starting to get that noise in Anfield where, oh, I'm not absolutely sure we're going to get one here. Well, at least there would have been noise. I mean, the, the game at uh, the weekend was quite <coughs> quiet. It wasn't 
excuse you, Andrew. Sorry. Um, the game at Anfield on Saturday was particularly quiet. There wasn't a great atmosphere um, on Wednesday night either, was there, James? Do you feel as though Jurgen Klopp made a point afterwards where he was talking about patience and that the team were patient and the, the patience paid off both against Huddersfield and against Maribor. Do you feel as though in some ways the fans need to be aware of this? They need to stay patient. They can't expect it to be thrilling every single yeah, I, I thought I thought the fans were relatively patient, to be honest, against Maribor. I think you know they were murmuring to discontent at half time against Huddersfield, and you know, I thought probably rightly so, having you know how poor Liverpool were first half. But I think there's a difference in there between when Anfield's quiet and when Anfield starts to get on players' backs. And I don't no, no one was getting on any players' backs. I didn't think on Wednesday night. I thought um, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a particularly great Anfield European night, but it was never going to be, was it? Mm. Because it was still miles better than Huddersfield, I thought. Yeah. I mean, Huddersfield was particularly yeah. weird. Oh, it was almost like a testimonial. Yeah, wasn't it? It, was it was very, very strange. But, but I think that was the Wembley hangover, wasn't it? Because yeah. that, that had been such a demoralising defeat that you know I think everyone was on such a such a downer. Um, you know, I think where I thought the two games probably differed is against Huddersfield. Liverpool actually were transformed after a big slice of luck when that. You know, they was essentially put on a plate for storage that opening goal. Where I actually thought against Maribor, they you know that second half domination. Actually, they actually triggered themselves with a much improved um, display. You know the, the way that they carved the goals out. Um, you know there was that suddenly there was the kind of the urgency and the the slick interchange and creativity that was so sadly lacking during the opening forty five minutes where everything seemed to go sideways. Now, for all of that, Roy Keane was on television after the game and he basically said something on the lines of, I wouldn't watch Liverpool if they were playing at the uh, in my own garden. Well, why they'd be playing there, I don't know, unless he's got an absolutely massive garden, which to be fair, he might have. Well, I think he but, did suggest Lee Dixon that it was, was quite a big garden. Yeah, but, uh... but, but, but that just seems, you know, Roy Keane's being Roy Keane, you know what he's like. We've mentioned him in the past here where James offered to have a fight with him and all that kind of stuff. But of all the things that Liverpool are, Boring is not one of them, is it? So what? What was he? What was he talking well, he's just, about? He's just a wind-up merchant, isn't yeah. he? You know, he's ultimately a field manager um, <laughs> who, you know, was a very good player in his day. But what is he now? Assistant manager at Republic of Ireland. Mm. I mean, to be honest, they could get ten people for that job. Martin O'Neill's running the show, isn't he? Um, he's paid to be a pundit to give his opinions, give strong opinions. So I haven't got any problem necessarily with him giving strong opinions. I just thought him and Dixon last night, the attack that they decided to go on. Bizarre, wasn't it? I think Pierce is going to write something about this later, but I mean, the, the, they started going on about the goalkeeper after two games where our goalkeeper's virtually been redundant. You know, literally, I could have kept goal. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, and I, I'm not a bad keeper in my day, but you know, I'm not what I was. <laughs> and I, I, could have, I could have stood there. Um, the, so they, they had to go with that, and then he was going on about, oh, well, you know, Liverpool are nowhere, they're drifting. I mean... Yeah, they're drifting I into the knockout the, stage the, at this rate. This is a team that finished... Because he said they're well behind the other teams. I'm assuming he meant the other in the top six. So, I don't think they are. Um, we've already thrashed Arsenal this season. Um, yes, we got beat by Spurs, who went on to get a very good result against Real Madrid last night, but have also lost two games since. Mm. Um, we had a particularly bad day. For me, City are well ahead of everybody else. United are then probably a bit ahead of everyone after that. And then the other teams are all much of a muchness. Yeah. So 
it's very odd from Keane to... It looked like they wanted to say something controversial about Liverpool and couldn't think quite the what they could have to, on there, a night. There was, there was enough other stuff going on in the other games where they could have just <laughs> said, oh, and Liverpool won 3-0 there. Yeah, I've, you know, I've, I've found Dixon's comments just as odd as what, as what, what Keane had to say, just because... He was talking about, you know, oh, the, the problem with Liverpool is the, 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 the pressing game and how once you beat that initial press, there's nothing behind that. They haven't played the pressing the, game for... I know, but the, you know, the, it was just a... You know, it, basically, there was words of someone who has not watched much of Liverpool this season and was guessing, essentially, and, you know, the, just thinking, well, I know Liverpool had the defensive problems, so I'm going to come up with my theory as to, as to why it is. When we, we all know that you look at the vast majority of goals Liverpool have conceded this season, and it's, it's nothing to do with the, the style or anything like that. You know, they, they, they were kind of fueling this idea that it's because Klopp doesn't care about defending and that Liverpool are all, you know, it's, it's gung-ho and they leave themselves exposed. And, you know, you could, you could analyse the goals Liverpool have conceded. You know, the vast majority of them are down to individual areas. You look at what happened against Tottenham. There's absolutely nothing to do with Leaving leaving defenders exposed. It was basic individual errors. That's what's killed Liverpool. Um, I mean, the, that, sorry, that, I was going to say that yeah. almost in a way that almost made the the lack of ambition shown by Huddersfield and Maribor and Manchester United and well, yeah. But like since what happened at Wembley, mm. bizarre because the, a back line that looked so so vulnerable. Just hasn't even no no one's even tried to lay a glove on them the last two games. To, to... To show Dixon's comments for what they were worth, which was, you know, wasn't a bag, of, wasn't worth a bag of sand. Or it was, was the. Um, I mean, <laughs> the, that the problem, the problem, the problem at halftime in Huddersfield, which the manager very clearly stated afterwards, does we we weren't committing enough men yeah, forward yeah, yeah. that yeah. because of what had happened at Spurs, we were being over cautious and protecting. You know, he's always on about his old phrase was, you know, you're either part of the attack or you're part of the protection, and basically too many were playing part of the protection. We weren't getting enough men forward. That changed second half. We got a bit of luck, and the game changed. Um, so, you know, Jim's absolutely right. There aren't haven't been many goals where teams have absolutely broke away on Liverpool and and scored. Maybe one, probably one of the Spurs goals. The second goal looked that way because of Lovren's whatever he was doing with that header. But it wasn't as if um, that was our free kick. You know, it'd be natural for our players to be forward. Yeah. It didn't have anything to do with the high press. Um, Liverpool have done. You know, do are still a pressing team. We saw Oxley Chamberlain. I mentioned uh, won a couple of balls back last night in terms of a high press, but uh, it's something that Liverpool haven't been quite as good at this year. No doubt Klopp would be interested to know why. Well, there's no Adam Lallana. No Adam Lallana may well be probably number one reason in that. But um, a couple of games he's deliberately not pressed, like against Arsenal, he was happy to let them come and then us hit them on the break. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was just you know fair play to them. They've got us talking about them. They've probably got a lot of people talking about them, and that's probably what punditry is about. But they were talking generally nonsense. We say we say on a podcast in which we are punditizing, as it were, punditing, punditizing. I don't know either of them a word. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, two defenders then that people have been talking about in the wake of the game: uh, Alberto Moreno and Joel Matip, for for differing reasons. To be honest, we'll start with Moreno, James. I gave him. Six out of ten, which Andrew did not agree with. I was doing the ratings last night. I thought night. he was a seven. Yeah, six and a half, maybe. He still, he <laughs> still has the certain things that worry me about him. And, of course, he didn't have to do a lot of defending. So there was that. He was basically playing left wing for most of the game. Um, he's somebody who clearly has 
had a bit of a transformation this season. Has he been transformed as much as people are now saying, though? Uh, depends who you're listening to. I, th- I think I think there has been a huge transformation in him. I think um, you know I think he's improved in in all areas of his game. I, I know you know you you have to, you know the last couple of games have suited him perfectly because he hasn't really had to defend, and he's had a license to to almost play as a as a left winger, but. You know, he's, he's, his contribution can't be faulted. You know, another assist for him last night. I think that's was that three assists in the Champions League for him so far this season. Um, Should have had another when, with the, the Salah header. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, he, and he does provide quality deliveries, and it is amazing when you think that Liverpool were were pretty close to to selling him in the summer. You know, when what, Napoli what was it? I think eleven and a half million or something they bid for, and they wanted fifteen and. You know, and the word was, you know, if if someone had met the asking price, he'd have been gone. Um, and Klopp obviously saw something, some change in him in pre-season. Um, you know, Moreno, I think he, I was in an interview with him quite recently when he did the Sunday papers, and he said then that, you know, he told the manager, I don't want to go, I want to, I want to fight for my place. And, and you have to give him a huge amount of credit because you know the easiest thing to do would have been to, to throw the towel in and, and you know and go to Italy or go back to Spain, and just you know, and move on and draw a line under his Liverpool career because you know, it must have been demoralising for him. Was he start two league games in the whole of last season? Um, but he's he's completely turned it around, and yeah, I think even his most vocal critics would have to admit that um, you know he he's he's nailed down that left back spot at the moment. I mean, Andy, what's your take on Moreno? I mean, Klopp's always we've always got the impression that Klopp liked him even when he wasn't picking him. But obviously, if you're not getting then there's not much point you being there, is there? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think he he hasn't been a massive part of the pro- any problems for Liverpool this season. I would say he's probably been the most consistent member of the back four. Um, I'm not convinced he's the answer to the in the long term, if you know what I mean. Um, my issue with him last night was um, I thought he, I thought he did well actually, and, and could have had two assists, got one, albeit a little bit luckily, and in the last minute. But, um, didn't he, he play the ball in for Chan for the second goal, didn't he? I think came in off the wing and played. Was he? Yeah, wasn't it? I, I think he was involved. Yeah, was the yeah. one when he plucked it out of the air? Yeah, yeah, really oh, yeah. First touch. Yeah. yeah, but for me, I, I just couldn't understand why we didn't see Robertson last night, and, and I don't understand when he's going to play him if he doesn't play him in that game, um, because Robertson, you would say, is. Even more of an attacking player than Moreno for me. Uh, obviously, puts in lots of crosses, um, and that was the best part probably of Moreno's game last night. But Moreno has played regularly. We do want to see a bit of Robertson. Klopp says there's no issue, but um, I'm starting to think he might not fancy him at all. Um, I mean, it could just be a case of the player isn't quite adjusting to what the manager wants from him because it, you know, it's bad. The old days where Liverpool had signed a player, then you wouldn't see him for months on end. And I understand that doesn't happen very often these days. But, you know, as a player who's not played very often in the Premier League, he got relegated with Hull, obviously, and it's a bit of a step up for him. Yeah, but in the old days, they stuck him in the reserves. They won the Central League, and, and you know, um, whoever was on the reserve side, Ronnie Moran, whoever would say, uh, yeah, he's ready after a, half a season or whatever. You know, none of, Andy Robertson isn't going to be appearing for the under 23s. Um, so he's essentially not getting football. Bizarrely, he must be looking forward to international breaks because he gets a game. <laughs> you know, so he's going away with Scotland or whatever, and he'll be first choice left wing back or whatever as he plays for them. So 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm starting to think there might be a bit of an issue with Robertson, but Moreno, listen, can't can't knock as Jim says that there has been a, a decent transformation. I still can't get over the fact that um, I think he makes bad decisions at key times, um, and I still can't get over the that turning turning your back. Put your hands behind your back. Put your hands behind your back and turn sideways. He's not the only one that does it, though, is he? I mean, no, but it completely leaves you on balance. I've no problem with getting your hands out of the way, but if you just leave them at your side, um, a clever referee will appreciate you haven't moved your hands to the ball, even if it does hit it. It doesn't get given, and you won't leave yourself completely on balance. That when he cuts inside or goes to the byline, and you've got no chance of making a tackle. Joel Matip, though, I'm starting to get a little bit worried about him. Well, I thought you. Get, I thought it was a very. Solid five, you get yeah, solid, well, yeah. solid five. I mean, again, he played a part in the opening goal. He, was, he played the ball out wide to, to Trent. Trent, wasn't it? Who then yeah. put the cross in for, for Salah to score, which we'll talk about in a bit. But he made even in the first the first twenty seconds where he nearly lost the ball instead there because he seemed to try and do from where we were sat. It looked like he was trying to make the, the, the attacker who was coming up towards him and then go round him. Funnily enough, that didn't really. Chance, oh, yeah. wasn't he? He and, then he, and then he and then he tackled. Was it Clavan or, or Moreno? One of those where he just bumped into one of his own teammates. Then he fell over at some point, and it's like he got absolutely the, done for pace yeah. a couple of times. And, he's been, and it's not the first time this season either because he got done by I've forgotten his name. The one who plays for Newcastle is it Hossley? He went through. He went yeah, through. Yeah, 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 for the yeah, goal, yeah. Exactly for the goal. Slower than Andy as well. well. Yes, but Andy's a goalkeeper, as we've, we've since now discovered today. I mean, he caught up with him, didn't he, at Newcastle, Hosselu? But then Hosselu is. He started yeah. in Sunderland. Yeah, PSC is faster than Hosselu. <laughs> 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 um, um, so, yeah, uh, my bit on Matip, I think he needs to take more responsibility. He needs, he needs to be louder. Uh, it needs to hurt him more when Liverpool concede a goal, and. He needs to show better form because I'm and not sure. And needs to hurt him more. What does that mean? Well, I, I, I don't. Well, I think Carol was speaking about this a while. Was it Carol or someone? Maybe it was somebody. Maybe Stephen Gerrard was talking about it on telly and saying what they needed was a Carol, where basically players who are prepared to put their bodies on the line for Liverpool. And Matip is a player who's. And I know part of this is his style, um, but he strolls through games and does everything very easily. But when it comes to when you actually have to win a real 50-50 by you know, putting your leg or your head in somewhere or throwing yourself in front of something. I'm not absolutely convinced that that's the bit of the game that he's any good at. And now I'm not putting that down to him being any way sort of, you know, um, you know, fear and physical contact or anything like that. But I just think sometimes we need to see for all that we appreciate his style and um the calmness that he sometimes tries to portray. But I think that calmness, last night he was trying to be so, you know, calm that it created the odd moment of chaos. And then obviously second half, when they actually deigned to try and attack, he got done, as Piercy says, really easily. Mm. And their manager was doing his nuts on the sideline, wasn't he? Because that was their big chance. He got to the byline, pulled it back. And the chance, and there was absolutely pathetic effort, wasn't it, from yeah, someone yeah. on the edge. And... But Matip couldn't deal with it. And, you know, one thing that I did, the only thing maybe I did agree with with Keane or Dixon last night was they were saying that, like, you know, one player is not going to be enough defensively for Liverpool. You know, for me, they need to be looking at buying two strong centre-backs. Well, of course, I, obviously said before, gave him the five, James, the rating, and some feedback on social media, which obviously was quite... Uh, Interesting. They were basically saying that it's no wonder that he's been rubbish this season. He, Matip is alongside Lovren, 
Now, Lovren wasn't there the last couple of games yeah. where he's, he's, he's struggled a little bit. And also, as we know, Lovren and Matip, when they've been together, tend to do, do quite well. I mean, we do these ratings every single game. And when we had an international break in October, we averaged out who was doing the best. And Matip came out as the worst, well, the least performing Liverpool player out of the whole lot. And I don't think he's improved any since then. So... What exactly is it's going on? Is this just second season syndrome for him? Because he, he spoke recently where he said that one of the reasons he likes playing alongside Lovren is the great communication between the pair, which... which yeah, which, I, uh, I don't see that, to be yes. honest. I think, I think that's part of, the, part of the problem, is that Liverpool don't have a big dominant but personality this is, this has back been, there. This and has been the way for basically since Carragher left. I know, I know and I, I, I like Matip, and I thought he had a an impressive first season at Liverpool. But yeah, he hasn't been anywhere near the level this time around. And I think he has escaped a lot of criticism. You know, he, he hasn't had a, a Lovren-esque meltdown in terms of what happened against Tottenham, which has kind of spared him a bit. But Even the one of the goals of, was completely his fault. Yeah, and... We, we, uh, yeah, and then he held his hands up to, didn't I think he had even, even the first one, Klopp wasn't... You know, Klopp referred to the fact that you know, although although Lovren was flat-footed for Tottenham's first goal, there he was angry with the fact that Matip wasn't aware to the danger and didn't mm. didn't provide any cover. Um, so you know, I think you know, it's certainly not escaped Klopp's attentions. And yeah, he's just I don't know. I just think he's been way under par for in far too many games this season. And he, anyway, and I thought that was a worry from on Wednesday night. The fact that in a game where the opponent showed virtually no attacking threat whatsoever he still managed to look so uncertain and, and vulnerable back there um and you know i, I don't I, th- I still think he'll start at west ham on saturday but you know he, he has to because i think so far this season it's always been a case of well it will be matted plus a another um but you know i, I don't think you, you can go on saying that that's the case because at the moment he, he's not delivering anywhere near the level that, that everyone expects from from him because you know he I think Andy's right. Like he sometimes in you know, the last season, we were praising him for his laid-back nature, mm. and that he's kind of unlike Lovren, who can be very erratic. Matip so laid-back and calm, and you know, there was there's been periods where that kind of transmits to the team. But then the problem is when he when he has when he when he makes mistakes and his uh, and his his passing lets him down, and he's not aware to the danger. You know, he almost looks kind of almost lethargic and you know um, cumbersome. I thought you know it was all. A word that yes, he we did. Yes, yes. I thought that was the right word to describe him last night. Um, so yeah, he's he's not been great, and that is a that is a concern. Now, if we had a public vote on who we should talk about in this podcast, uh, Mo Salah would win. <laughs> he would also finish second, third, fourth, and fifth. Now, he scored the opening goal again, the crucial goal in the game on Wednesday night. That's ten in sixteen now. And this is somebody who isn't a centre forward and has never been a centre forward, but. And he just he just can't stop scoring, can he? Yeah, and, he, and he's missed the, the amount. He, he still missed. He missed a sitter and could have had another one as well on top of that. Yeah, missed a sitter header and obviously could have had a pen on Saturday, couldn't he? So he could already be up to twelve, really. But um, obviously, look, if he kept that strike rate going, sixteen games, you say, and we'll probably play what fifty this year. Yep. So you're looking at maybe thirty goal season now. Maybe that's too much to expect because people will get onto him maybe a bit more. As the season progresses, because you get well, a few. They've had, they've had 16 games and they still haven't managed it, have they? They have, they have. So, I mean, listen, I hope you're right. I hope he goes through and, and, and scores. And it was interesting, there was some um, 
Um, I think it was Andrew Beasley put out a tweet last night with uh, looking at the you know Liverpool's top goal scorers since Suarez yes, left. Yes, he did. Yes, and I think it was fourteen was the highest. Coutinho wasn't it? Was the yeah, highest in yeah. the season. So he's on ten already. You know, you know, I haven't even started thinking about Christmas yet. So, um, so you know, what I'm saying is that he has the potential to go on and get thirty yeah. if he stays fit. My, my one worry is that he's played a lot of football in Salah in terms of maybe some of the other Liverpool players, hasn't he? You know, mm. he hasn't had much rotation because Coutinho's been out, Mane's been out, who obviously were both missed last night. And whether at some point Klopp needs to go, I need to give him a couple of games rest. But I think he's been left out of the Egypt squad, is that yes, right? Yes, so he's going to have the international so break. So he'll have the international yeah. break out, which is excellent, I think. He, he, um, asked, he asked the coach for a breather, apparently. Which so, I think, yeah. Right. Well, he's done his bit, hasn't he? He yeah. doesn't need to be playing friendlies. We know he's starting in uh, Russia next. Next, so yeah. I'd, I'd love to see the coach go. Yeah, um, I'm going with a different way. Was <laughs> <laughs> not playing. Um, so yeah. So no, he's been tremendous. The thing, the thing I liked about that finish last night was the instinctive nature of it, where he knew that if I just get something on this, it's going to be very difficult at that range for the keeper to. But that's a striker's finish. That's a striker's finish. So he knows that he doesn't need to, even though we know his right foot's for Toffee, isn't it? But, and for standing on his day, he says, but, you know, technically the way that ball comes in, he's coming towards the ball, you probably want to swing your right foot at it towards goal. But he tries the slightly more difficult outside of the left shin approach and and it sort of diverts it past the keeper. You've got no chance as a keeper in that situation. So he just almost leaves his leg there. And, um, that's all you have to do in those situations. You say it's a striker's finish, and that gave me loads of, of hope that he can get more of that type of goal because those are the type of goals that I just love. I mean, I think I've said before in the pod, my favourite goal of last season was the first game at, at Arsenal when um, Coutinho scored, not the free kick, the one where Klein just hammered it across and he, and he was there to sort of divert it past mm. the keeper because he made a run and it was a striker's finish and it gave me hope that Coutinho can score different types of goals and I wrote my analysis last night I was talking more about set pieces but what this side really really lacks Liverpool are cheap goals scruffy goals scruffy goals yeah. in off the shin knees goals and, we've, uh, and so many successful teams when they're in a difficult game just get a scruffy one and just make it happen um, you get a big centre half coming up and bundling one over the line or you know the goal most scramble we don't get enough of those. So many of Liverpool's goals. When you see, if you watch on the club channel, and it goes season to date, what do they call it? Goal burst or something like this. Goal rush. Goal rush season to it. What's Liverpool you come? That's a belter. That's a cracker. Superb, that. And it's just like... That's just me That's just me talking to myself. <laughs> so, but they, they, they score so many great goals, which, again, harking back to Keem, which don't like to do, just shows what a nonsense he is. Mm. But... They score so many excellent goals, and what I just like them to do is score more scruffy goals. And to be honest, I'm not quite sure how much Trent intended that cross to be at that trajectory low for him to do, you know, because he hit the first man. He's he's put it into the area where any striker will be thinking, I've got a chance. Exactly. But I do regard it as a slightly cheap goal, and I want, and I love it for being (laughs) that. Now, a striker who scores cheap goals is somebody's worth a quite an amount of money. Daniel Sturridge has now scored two goals in his last two games. You could argue that the third goal against Maribor was a bit cheap because the defender missed it, but Sturridge was there to, to capitalise on the error, capitalised on the error against Huddersfield, which was the important first goal then. I mean, he's been left out of the England squad, 
which perhaps we're not entirely surprised with. He's not going to be massively fussed with that because no. he's now. He mentioned after the game against Huddersfield, he said, you know, he wasn't really having a big message to Jurgen Klopp, but he did say, I feel as though I can benefit from playing more games, getting in a rhythm. He just made two appearances, two goals. He's justifying it, isn't he? Yeah, and I th- you know, it was the perfect response when he came on last night because I think he would have been hurt not starting the game. I was at an event at Anfield with him earlier on in the week and he was speaking then about you know, the fact that he, he, ha- he hadn't and he still hasn't started a Champions League game for Liverpool, which is ridiculous when you think it'll be five years in January since he joined the club. Um, you know, and I thought, having got a goal on the weekend, you know, I wonder whether Klopp might have might have given Firmino a breather last night, but um, but he didn't. You know, Sturridge had to make do with a, a small cameo, but he, he's made a contribution, and I think that was one of the big positives, you know, of the last week. The fact, you know, to see him back amongst the goals because, um, you know, again, you know, I I think you know he may well have to settle for a cameo role again at West Ham on the weekend, but you know what an option he is to come off the bench and and also the fact that you know a week ago we were saying you know Daniel Sturridge hasn't scored a goal for two months you know people were you know, talking about maybe you know what he's lost in terms of that acceleration to get away from defenders the impact the injuries have had on him um but you know he has provided a couple of timely reminders that you know when the ball drops like that six eight ten yards out or whatever there's there's no one else in that Liverpool squad you'd rather it it, it drop to because you know, Liverpool don't have a, a prolific, you know, as Anthony said, you know, a proper number nine in terms of in terms of a, a real poacher. But, but you know, Sturridge still still is the closest they've got to that. I think the only reason he didn't start last night is Klopp's already gotten penciled in for Saturday. Uh, yeah, I think Klopp has an image in his mind of Sturridge. Dancing round Adrian or whoever was it Adrian on the going goal would have been, yeah. Yeah. Would have been, yeah. last uh, you know a couple of games from the end of last season and you know Sturridge looked that that was, that was I would say that was the game where everyone yeah. went wow Daniel Sturridge is still yeah. absolute class isn't it and I, th- I think it, it'll have made an impact on Klopp it probably it might well have been the game that saved Sturridge's Liverpool career it might well have been the reason he didn't go anywhere in the summer so just to Arsenal. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to go down <laughs> through Arsenal again. They got Lacazette, so I don't think they need him. So, um, but you, you missed out on his cut. Yeah. <laughs> Tried to broker it, but it never happened. But the um, but yeah, I, I I think he'll play at West Ham because if you look, Coutinho, Klopp told us Ian post match didn't he that there was pretty much virtually no, no chance no of him, chance, yeah. so he won't be back. Um, Mane's not there. See, not there. not there either, yeah. So I'd imagine you're looking at Salah, Firmino, Sturridge. and Sturridge in the middle of them. Now, there's a player there we've not mentioned, Oxlade-Chamberlain. Now, he, I thought he did quite well last night. He was Certainly in the first half he did a lot. And I know that Jurgen Klopp said after the game, he was saying that in the first half we didn't use him enough. He got into good positions. He moved you know, left wing to right wing and back again. I thought he did quite well. And James, you know, you've seen him more than the rest of us. Is he finally starting to... Grasp what's required. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, um, I think it depends what kind of bar you set him for him. I think based on what I'd seen from him so far, I thought I thought Maribor at home was a was a, a decent improvement. I thought he had a much more of an influence on on the game. You know, whipped in some decent deliveries. I thought in that first half where Liverpool were pretty abject going forward, he always looked the one most likely to. You know, the few openings they did carve out. He was heavily heavily involved. Um, you know, it was a 
I think early on he, he lost the ball quite cheaply, but but raced back and uh, and won it back and got Liverpool back on the the front foot again. Um, so yeah, I mean, he's, is he performing like a thirty-five million pound signing? No, but you know, I think after a really uncertain start where you know a lot of people were already jumping on his back and saying, well, hang on a minute, why you know this was a signing that doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, he is now making a contribution, and obviously, you know, as I am, you just rattled off there the names that are missing. Um, you know, he, he suddenly, you know, Liverpool have needed a, a contribution from him, and they, and I thought, yeah, I thought they got that. Now he's another player who's been left out of the England squad. Uh, do you think that might actually benefit him because it'll give him more time on the training ground, won't it, at Anfield? Yeah, and then Klopp says that's even. one of the things that he's um, that he's really lacked so far. I mean, I did him as part of my analysis last night as well. I, so I was keeping quite a close eye on him from early early on. Uh, I mean, he switched with Salah for maybe ten fifteen minutes last uh, in the first half last night. He, he got around the pitch more and uh, he put a great cross onto Chan's head first half, didn't he? Uh, which uh, Chan maybe could have done a little bit better with. And um, I don't I don't like James. I thought he's, I think I said, he's, he's taken small steps, but they're the right steps yeah. at the moment. Yeah. And uh, at this stage, maybe um, that's all we can expect. And uh, I also mentioned, and it was picked actually, Klopp, reiterated it in the presser afterwards that a game like that with a deep lie inside and you, a player who relies a lot on his pace to go past players like Oxley chamberlain a, a deep line defence is the last thing you want to see because you've got no space to run into. So it very much wasn't the perfect game for him. I was really heartened by a bit of play second half where he and Firmino tried a little intricate 1-2 in front of the cop and it was like a, a despairing leg out by a Marlborough defender just stopped Oxley Chamberlain getting straight in off of like a little one-two, and that sort of suggested to me that he can play in those intricate tight areas that often Liverpool have to play in, in terms of the, the defend the defence they have to try and get through, and that offered a fair bit of hope for me. Whether he'll end up being the right signing for thirty-five million quid this summer, well, you know, there's, that's a whole other debate about where else that money could have gone. But the player himself doesn't play centre half, and you know he plays where he plays, and he's come and he's, uh, you know, he's trying his best. We will want to see more from him. You know that sort of performance in another two months, you'd say, is a little underwhelming at this stage. You think decent and move on from it. You talk about time on the training ground. I think because what what will be interesting is it was actually in Maribor a couple of weeks ago before the first game where Klopp was asked about you know where do you see him playing, and he said, well, at the moment he said I can only pick him as a winger. Because he said we've only trained with him as a winger. He said, you know, it's easier to teach him how to play that position in this team than to tell him what I expect from what Klopp describes as a number eight. You know, he's one of the two more advanced of his three centre midfielders. So, you know, at least I think this international break may well at least give Klopp that chance to to maybe start, you know, using that that versatility because he may well be needed in that in that central area you know at some point especially with the you know the huge amount of games coming up in November and December can he take a penalty though <laughs> I, I mean that is an issue isn't it to miss four do you, do you to think miss it, four in a row at do you Anfield, think it's an issue i personally think that james mill should just stay on him because if you so take he's missed the, two in a row yeah now, but right? if you take penalties all the time you are going to miss some 
And you say he missed two in a row, but he's taken eight before that, hadn't he? And scored them all. So he missed the, two, two of ten. I didn't see any issue with the penalty last night, really. It was a great save, wasn't it? Stepped up. Looked yeah. like he was going to score. I don't know. It wasn't it, right in the corner. It wasn't was it? right in the corner, but it, I think it goes in it, nine hit, times out of ten. Yeah, he hit it hard enough. And he hit it far enough he, away from the nah, keeper. I, I think, think it's it pretty obvious, in, I thought. Which, the, the goal well, they're always obvious when you save it. That goal is nearly 40. What's wrong with that? What? I, I would say I do agree with, I, I do, do agree. not bring in any presents by the way or cards I do yeah, just agree encourage him with, <laughs> I agree with James that the, the problem with the penalty was that it was it was a little bit telegraphed as to where he was going he sort of opened out his his foot and body didn't he and that's, that's the way keepers tend to try and work off uh, I guess but I think 8 to 9 times out of 10 it still goes in um, you know there's probably 5 out of 10 the keeper goes the wrong way anyway because he's I, he's I'm going to go that side because the stats or whatever tell me whatever sheet he's been shown before the game. Though, God knows, you probably have to look at three different tables to see <laughs> just who might get They're all like off target. Yeah. <laughs> just um, stand still. They're going to miss anyway. But, yeah, I think Milner should be on them when he's on the pitch regardless of the miss last night. Um, but there will be an issue going forward as to who should be on them when uh, he's not on the pitch and you would think there's probably a good 50% of games he won't be. Mm. Um, so I I don't really fancy Firmino on them um, I, I think we saw Henderson briefly on them in. I think I know where this is going but go on no I'm, I am not <laughs> I would never I, I did have a few people he does hit a ball sweetly when I, and I must admit I, if he's on the pitch I'd fancy him to take the pens well, he had but a, you can't have him taking the pens he's no, almost a teenager he's not gonna, yeah, he, exactly yeah. Uh, right but he did he took a free kick last night from what would you say, James? Thirty yards, was yeah. it? Right, and he and he, the sound it made off his foot, it was about a yard over, but the sound it made off his foot, I don't think anyone struck a ball at Liverpool, you know, apart from Coutinho takes a slightly different type of one, a sort of instep curly one that that you know is fantastic, but in terms of actual striking off a ball. I don't think there's been anyone as good in the Liverpool first team since Gerrard. So who's taking the pens then? If Milner on the pitch, if he's on the pitch, and if he's not... It's a tough one, isn't it? It is really difficult. Names out of a hat. Mindelay. Yeah. Let him have a go. Why not? Uh, He's never missed one. You can't argue with that. Uh, two of the Liverpool centre-backs again we just seem to be talking about the centre-backs all the time that have been in the news this week we'll start quickly with uh, Joe Gomez first England call-up deserved Andrew bearing in mind the other players that have been called up as well such as who has been called up yeah Tammy Abraham yeah, that's it Tammy Abraham um, Loftus-Cheek as well yeah. yeah I mean Harry Winks let's get it right <laughs> <laughs> I think um, listen Joe Gomez has come back I mean it's easy to You've got to remember where Joe Gomez was was this summer, and we weren't quite sure whether he was going to be able to, you know, come back. I mean, James and I watched quite a bit of him for the under twenty threes last season, didn't we? And it wasn't as if he wasn't producing performances where you thought, oh, he's absolutely sure to get back in the first team. Yeah. It was all part of his recovery from injury and everything else. So he's done really well this this season. I I, I think, um, you know, he's he he's shown that. He's a real solid player at right backs. Interesting, James did some quotes from Southgate where he says he'll play him at, at centre back. I mean, at some stage, Jurgen Klopp needs to have a look at him at centre back and not just his only view so far was Wembley, wasn't it? After he took Lovren off, yeah. So, um, long term, 
you would like him at some point to entrust Gomez with a a, a place at centre back, and um, and see how he does. And uh, but yeah, I think I think well, I think well deserved that you have to. There's a there aren't very many English players for Gareth Southgate to choose from, are there? In terms of the Premier League. And, so and he's quite a small pool. Yeah, I was saying he, he knows him well, doesn't he? I've obviously worked with him at <coughs> on the twenty ones level. So I think I think it's more I think it's part of it is because of what he's done for Liverpool so far this season, but also I think Southgate referred to it as well that you know, that he said the, the the young players he's called up, these are players that have come all the way through the system mm. and that you know, Gomez was, you know, he, you know, pinpointed as one of the big hopes, you know, kind of five, six years ago when he was in the England system and so I think I think it's more a case of wanting to have a look at him and, and, and assess him. And it'd be brilliant for him to, you know, two showpiece friendlies at Wembley, Germany and then Brazil, um, you know, a first England cap. And I think, you know, sometimes, you know, especially, you know, club fans kind of turn their nose up at the idea of players going off on international duty. And obviously we were saying before, you know, how it's great that Salah's not going away and Sturridge and Oxlade-Chamberlain get a breather. But I actually think this will do... Gomez is confidence the world are good because you know he had such a, a rough couple of years with the cruciate and then the Achilles problem and then as Andy said you know when he did come back last season it took him a long long time to get anywhere near the level that he was at prior to the injury so you know and, and now you know he'll be absolutely absolutely buzzing at that news today and it's it's just reward for all the hard graft he's put in to, to get back to this level. Uh, one public vote Salah isn't going to win or hasn't won is uh, Liverpool's pair of the month for October. Who's won that, James? <laughs> well, he's, the, the, the club website haven't actually confirmed it yet, have they? But the voting is closed, and we know that, that Lovren and Salah both polled 33% of the vote, but they've got Lovren coming out on top at the moment. Hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. Um, now, obviously, there's a story behind this, Yeah, isn't I mean, obviously, there was the online campaign on the, on the back of Lovren coming out earlier on this week and, and revealing some of the disgusting foul-mouthed abuse and threats that he'd received on social media. Um, you know, Liverpool fans obviously have wanted to rally around him, show us support. Um, you know, people on, on Twitter were urged to vote for him on this, this poll on the club website. Personally, I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of it, to be honest. I just, I'm not, you know, I think it's great that, that, that people have rallied around him. Is he going to feel a little bit embarrassed? Yeah, because I, I just think, I don't think any professional really wants a sympathy vote, and that's what it is. Um, I just don't know how they're going to handle it in terms of you know, giving him the trophy because why would you want a player of the month trophy to, you know, at, the end of a, at the end of a month when you endured probably your most humiliating afternoon in, in your career? I just maybe, maybe he could be presented it and then just pass it straight on to Salah. Yeah. I, as well as giving him the I mean, December, it's one of them things where January and February the, the sentiment behind it was spot on. And because obviously the vast, vast majority of Liverpool fans are decent people that were horrified by, you know, some of the, the abuse that Lovren's had to endure. But I'm not too sure that giving him player of the month for October is the right way of showing him what they think. I think he'll have to, you know, I think he'll have to accept it in the, in, in the manner of a player who knows he hasn't got it for his performances on the pitch, but is accepting it on be, uh, well, an, award, vote, an award from does the fans say, to show player, that they're it, still behind him. But does Which, it say player of the month has to be the player who's played the best, or is it just called player of the month? You can't argue with this. No, no, but <laughs> I, I, I think, I, I think yeah. he will... 
But it's like you making yeah, massive I, balls look. up in your magic or, or your analysis piece Again. or whatever. And then Trinity maybe going, oh, Ian's, Ian's been really bad at work this week. So we'll give him, we'll give him like employee, employee of the of month, the month. Well, just as a little we, confidence we, boost. We joke, we joke, but anyway, sorry. Yeah. Don't so no, that you don't have to accept it as an award from the fans to show that they they are still behind him. And as such, I don't, I don't mind that. I mean, these things are silly anyway, aren't they? Player of the month. I mean... What are they on? 110 grand a week or whatever, and plus more. And worried about a little trophy you get done. They got better trophies. No, there's, there's no evidence that they are worried about it. But no, they, but they if got, you get given a trophy that you know fans have voted yeah. for, then you no, I'm go sure like, oh, they like it. But I mean, for goodness' sake, you get better trophies down the snooker club, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, and you know, the one interesting thing is that that the, the that we have sport managed to outdo. The, that, the, that's the, the crazed so, yeah, Egyptian it supporters. Be. The award should go to the fans who've set this up because they've managed to beat Salah. So, well, yeah. But you know, this because they've been too busy voting on UEFA.com. <laughs> because <laughs> Salah, Salah is, is going to be Champions League Player of the Week again. For a shame um, finish against Maribor, ch- the worst ch- team that's ch- ever played yeah. in the Champions League at Anfield. And, you know, he's up against, I think, obviously, Aguero broke Man City yeah. scoring record. He had 1% of the vote when I checked. The PSG fellow who got a hat trick, the fullback. I think he the had, only defender ever to score a Champions League yeah, hat trick. Yeah. He, he's not. He's not getting a look in either. Deli Ali did something, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Deli Ali scored against yeah. that pub team, Real yeah. Madrid, and he, you know, he, he's nowhere near it as well. So yeah, I think the I think Lovren has also managed to benefit from the fact that the Egyptians have have shifted across to UEFA.com. Yes. Uh, just before I ask for your uh, opinions on the team against West Ham, I'm just going to run through a set of results here. This is how football perception has changed. Right? Can you imagine if the Liverpool got these results? This was getting beat 4-1 at a team that moved into third, then losing 1-0 in the League Cup to a team that had recently been champions, winning 1-0 in a home game, then losing 1-0 at home to a team in ninth, and then finishing with a 3-2 defeat at a team that was then next to bottom. Now, Liverpool have experienced some of these results, but these were results in a row. What do you reckon it would be like now if that happened? What do you reckon the reaction would be from the fans if they got beat 4-1, 1-0, a narrow win, then a 1-0 defeat and a 3-2 defeat at a team that finished that were 19th? They'd be absolute carnage and they'd yeah. be demanding the manager's head. And this is October slash November time, these results, by the way. I'll tell you the minute when they're from. So what, what? I've just nipped out to get my helmet. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it would be, you know, it, the flak would be flying, wouldn't it? Yeah. And um, yeah, uh, that's the the age we live in. You know, there's, there's an entire different debate about how patient football fans are these days, and you know, time for managers to build and all those sorts of now, things. Of course, Liverpool have experienced a four-one defeat against a team that moved into third, Tottenham. Yeah. They got beat by a team that was recently champions in the League Cup. That was Leicester. You know, and these have gotten two other defeats. This was actually October, November in 89-90, the last time Liverpool won the league. Mm. Interesting. So, Put a little know, stat out of your hat there, Ian, You're probably wondering where on earth I got that from. Yeah, but just, so I just you remember definitely the, wouldn't have found that yourself. No, yeah, I just remembered it was a, a 4-1 defeat and so on. But it was more to do with the perspective. I mean, obviously, Liverpool won the league with a very low points total that year. And, you know, City, United and Tottenham were all probably better than the other teams that were in the league at and this particular time. Things haven't exactly gone well since. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> but it's an example of how, even when Liverpool and other teams were winning stuff, they do have these patches where they don't win, win things. Yeah. And also, winning games without playing particularly well. Because well, exactly, I think yeah. that's the... That's always a misconception, isn't it? That when Liverpool were winning trophies, that they were just absolutely demolishing teams and 
it's just not, especially I think in, in Europe as well. You know, you talk about you know a three nil home win not being particularly exciting or whatever, but you know, it was how many how many times when when, when they won it two thousand and four five they drew nil nil at home to Deportivo, didn't they? Yeah, they got past Monaco two nil. I mean, it, when they were regularly in the Champions League group stages, remember they had nil nil against Betis, wasn't there the following season? And there was. Atletico Madrid when they weren't there, as they are now one all yeah, and they yeah. got beat at home by Porto and you know so there are games like that yeah definitely I mean you're right perceptions do change and uh, you know there's there's no doubt that the great Liverpool sides one of their their best abilities was to go away and create an absolutely horrendous game and then do enough to come out of it with you know a point sometimes and sometimes two um, and uh it's it's something that this team isn't very good at at the moment, is it? Um, the difference probably in maybe some of the, those sorts of this team is that this team hasn't doesn't what people think is lacking is is a sort of backbone. Or so if they had this set of results, they'd not be able to get over it like the team did back then. Exactly, they sort of probably think that 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 team has the ability to to turn it around, and they they're not convinced that this team. Um, because at that stage Liverpool obviously were the, you know have been the dominant team for the last mm. twenty years. We're now in a situation where we haven't won a league title in twenty seven years or whatever, and everything is escalated. And Klopp's spoken about this in the last couple of weeks. You know about the I mean he joked about it on Saturday about given we we, were, we had a chat with him afterwards about Salah being on the penalties, and I said is he st-, said to him is he still on is he still on pens? And he was like I don't know. And I, and I thought it was a good idea because he's taken the most pressured penalty in the world for Egypt. But he said, obviously, Anfield Road is more pressure. And there is a whole separate podcast we could do about the the, the pressure that comes with being Liverpool manager. And it's not just because you're the manager of a top six Premier League club. It doesn't It doesn't happen at Manchester United because... In, to this extent, because they've been very successful. Well, in United the last... have the argument now, but it isn't so much about winning; it's about how they're winning. Yeah. That's well, they, what, they've that's had what 20, getting stick for. roughly twenty years of success, haven't they? So, you know, there's not this huge incredible. There is, but there's not this yearning that there is in Liverpool. Mm. You know, you don't get it at Arsenal because they've been winning things in, in the last twenty years. For all that, the last few years have been very different agenda on Wenger. Spurs have never really been consistent winners, have, have they? So you don't. Theirs is all about being entertainers, really. Pochettino is hopefully for them changing that. Um, who else is in the top six? Man City are entirely. You know, that's an entirely new. That this is the, this is as good as they've ever been, isn't it? I would say. Um, so, but Liverpool are a team that was there, was used to being there. Supporters were used to being there. You know, you grew up with it. Ian, I grew up with it. And, and James. And James, well, I was including him as a slightly younger chap. <laughs> He's 40 next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and so there's this incredible pressure that's built yeah. up over all those years, and it's, it's, it's a big factor. I think, yeah, I think you're right. The expectation, I think, compa- when you compare it to, to what's actually been won in recent history, the expectation at Liverpool is greater than anywhere else, isn't it? I think you know, and Klopp. I think has really felt that this season probably more than any other point in his in his Liverpool reign because he's felt as if you know. I think he's spoken about it a couple of times where the second 
things start to go wrong, he feels as if fans think, well, that's it. You know, the whole, you know, the world's ending because it's going to be another year. That's, you know, it's gone kind of thing. And, and you know, that, and then that negativity can, can snowball. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's why it just feels that Saturday, Saturday feels really important to me on the back of those, you know, I just think all the good work of the last week could be undone at the weekend if Liverpool's attitude isn't spot on down there because, West Ham are a funny team, aren't they? As well, I just think, you know, I think if you get at them, you know, I'd, 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 Andy's mentioned backbone in terms of something Liverpool are accused of. I'm not sure there's much of a backbone at West Ham. You know, you say that, but they came from two 0 down against Tottenham yeah. to win three two. A weakened, a weakened Tottenham. They also team played the Tottenham and, in the league, didn't they? And went three yeah. 0 down and nearly got it back to three all. Yeah, but then I don't know. You just but Billich is on borrowed time, and it's just a case of what you know. What do they say? He was two had two games to save himself. Mm. You know, so they they beat Tottenham, then they go and throw away a lead against Palace. Um, we'll know if the players are playing for him, won't we? Fairly yeah. early in the sense that will we get the the West Ham team that they seem to light up when they see Tottenham, don't they? Yeah, they, have, I they mean, don't like they saw it at all. in the league don't last you, year. They don't like Chelsea. I know that's obviously yeah. London rivalry and all that, but you know, will it be a sort of West Ham type performance that they they will give against Spurs? Or will it be the West Ham we saw at the end of last season when they were, you know, or, they were on on the beach? Or the one where they played Brighton home recently, which was on television. They were absolutely yeah. atrocious. Yeah, they were that. terrible. Yeah. Well, there's been quite a lot of talk about how old their squad is, but I do think that they've got somewhere in there. They've got quite a few decent players. I mean, I'm a big fan of Lanzini, hmm. um, and they do have quite a few big players. Yeah. And set, and set pieces are going to be. They're really. Pieces. I think they're a physical team um, in terms of the size that they've got. Certain Andrew Carroll could be back as well for them. Yeah, yeah, well, and yeah. I think he, we know I think he's fit. So we know that that can cause Liverpool problems. So be interesting to see are they playing for the manager or or not. But oh. Liverpool have to go down there and dog it, and they really have to go and fight. Well, in, in that sense, then who would you have as the team? Then we'll just pick the team now. Well, Mick starts, don't he? Yeah. yeah. Who's going um, left back? Has to be Moreno. Moreno. Okay. Uh, right back. No, hang on, centre backs then. Centre backs. So, Lovren, we have to assume is well, he is still out, isn't he? Yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think. Matt and Clavon. Yeah, yeah. It's not ideal. Yeah, but so, I think it's got to be. And then which therefore means. And then Joe Gomez, Gomez at right, back. right back. I just yeah. think is greater physicality. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd go. Okay. So I'd go in, go in midfield, then midfield three. Uh, Henderson, Chan, Milner. <sighs> Doesn't. It doesn't excite me in any way that midfield. I have to well, say, but who well, else is he going to well, play? He could there? play Oxley Chamberlain, though, couldn't he? In He's not going to because he hasn't trained team. enough yeah. with him in midfield. James says so. Gruitch would be the only other option, wouldn't he? But yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, wouldn't throw him in. Yeah. He'll come on later on, get his booking. Like yeah. he normally does. It, um, I don't think there's any options. And what James said, which I'm assuming we're all going to agree on the front three, which will be well, it's, it's four into three, isn't it? I think because obviously Salah will play right, won't he? Yeah, yeah. for me, has got to play. Firmino will play. But you've already so said you want to see Sturridge play. So it's well, I, I thought he might over. I thought he might go with the same front three as last night. Andy obviously said he thinks maybe that you know, Klopp's plan was to to manage uh, Sturridge's game time. Started last weekend, just a little cameo midweek to start again Saturday. Um, but yeah, I'd say that's his only real real dilemma at the moment. Whether Oxley or, or Sturridge, which yeah. would you choose? Uh, Probably, I'd just like to see Oxley Chamberlain get another go. You know, he hasn't started a Premier League game for Liverpool yet, and 
Um, yeah, I'd add, and then I'd hold storage back as a great option to have. I'd have I'd have storage from the start because I think strikers when they start scoring just get them on the pitch as often as you can. They've got two and two, albeit a bit of a gift last night. But the finish against Huddersfield gets better every time I see it. I, I think a lot of strikers don't finish that. Um, so I'd get I'd get them on the pitch for all that I think that pitch. Um, maybe it was just the way West Ham defended last week, but it feels to me like quite a big pitch. And, you know, um, I think Oxley chamberlains pace could be useful on that. So I'd start out of an R Sturridge and then I'd give uh, Oxley chamberlain the last half It's a horrendous Sturridge stadium well. for football, by the way. Is it? It's, yeah, just you're miles away from the pitch. It's, you know, no wonder West Ham struggle there and... Uh, and if Liverpool perform anywhere near the level they were at when they went there last season, Billich's team will struggle again. To find a question, are they going to win Liverpool? Yes. Uh, 3-1. Ooh, Andrew? Um, I, I'm really torn on this game. I, I think the first five minutes will tell us everything in terms of our, you know, our left West Ham getting absolutely stuck in. If they do and produce their best, I think it could be quite a tricky game for Liverpool and we might do well to get a draw. I'd probably go for a draw. West Ham are hopeless. Liverpool will win. And that will do us. Uh, join us next week where we look back on the West Ham game. Cheerio. <laughs>